out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Oh yeah, yeah Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it a day You're ready for Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy, Bowfinger. One minute of screen time per episode. Today, we're talking about Minute 53, The Love Bug. Quite possibly the greatest, hey, you're going to get to do this again, minute ever. <laughs> I'm Jeff Ferry from Jay and Silent Bob Minute. And I'm Chris Derkach, also from the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. And we got rid of that show in German. Yeah, we kicked him to the curb. Yeah, we right. tried. We couldn't get rid of him. We're like, you got to go, Sean. <laughs> he was like, please let me out of here. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I've already done multiple minutes this year. Please, I have a family. <laughs> let me let out go. of your house. <laughs> uh, I had to let him go. So this minute starts with, uh, <laughs> he's made it. Yay. And he's just, yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It reminds me of his stand-up when he did, used to talk like that. Yeah, yeah. When he, when he's, I, think it was, I think he's being a little kid. And they're like, you got to do this. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. <laughs> he's, he's so good at it, too. Oh and God. he's uh, I just want to pick up coffee. I want to get coffee. He's like, I just want to run errands. I just want to run errands. Yeah, that's what it was. I want to run errands. Yeah, and he is... <laughs> He's like falling apart while still being part of it, and Steve Martin is just playing the ultimate Steve Martin role. Of like, yeah. I think some yeah. of the other hosts have talked about it. Have like, Steve Martin is always kind of like he could be like, he's always like a certain type of character, and it's just how much sleaziness is in there. Yeah, where he's really far to the sleaziness line in this one. Yeah, definite sleazebag in this one. No where doubt. You can go to like the other side of like a movie like Father of the Bride. He's still basically the same character, but like. He's just not a sleazeball in that. He, like, loses his mind at one point. But, like, he's basically a good guy there. Where, like, Bowfinger's not a good guy. <laughs> he's, like... No, no. He just could have could have murdered this guy. He could have left him on the highway in a bloody mess right there. That's that's how bad of a guy he yeah. is. And which is why it makes it interesting in the upcoming weeks with someone, like... So he has Heather Graham with him of, like, we're going to find out later that, like, they are two sides of the same coin at some level. Almost everybody in this movie is. Oh, yeah. Everybody in this movie is yeah. up to something. Everybody's... Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess maybe his crew. I mean, they just wanted a job. Right. And poor Bowfinger here, but other than that. Yeah, but, like, even his cameraman who's doing a bunch of stuff, he's up to stuff. I mean, what... But I called him Bowfinger. No. What is Eddie Murphy's character's name? The, the Isn't he Jif right now? Or what is his yeah, name? Because he he's is. Kit when he's the other thing. Right. I, the problem is I, I keep referring to him, him, him as not Kit. <laughs> Which is now I have that in my mind of like he's not Kit. In my mind, he's Bowfinger, but he's not. I know. No, he's, he's not. not Bowfinger. You idiot. No, but um, he looks like a Bowfinger. But he, when he's talking to him, and he's like, he did a great job. The stunt drivers were so ex- were so impressed. And he turns to Jamie Kennedy. He's like, weren't they? And he's like, yeah. But he has the look of a man who just watched somebody cross eight lanes of traffic. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure. I I guess. I mean, 
I guess it's good that he lived. <laughs> and then he goes into full Steve Martin mode here of like he built a career on this of like he's just building the guy up and Eddie Murphy's the perfect foil to it. He's like, we got this complicated order. We want to send you to Starbucks. And he's like, that's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. Like they're playing off each other so great. <laughs> and then he just goes, but first let's do this one more time. <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> and then it just cut to him standing on the other side of the road again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I like, do love I, Steve Martin's shirt. I do love his shirt in this. Well, his like not quite a Hawaiian palm shirt. tree, yeah, palm tree and flower shirt. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It it just reminds me of like a kind of shirt that I would see somebody wearing, maybe like I guess in like Florida. But someone yeah, who lives yeah, there, yeah. not somebody who's visiting. You didn't go into right, the right. shop and buy it. An older guy, he's got his sandals on and his, his Hawaiian shirt, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he retired there, but now he's out of money. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. He spent it all on shirts. And when he, when he says, let's do this one more time, the rest of the crew just all walks away like, all right, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, and then we get like another quick, just a couple seconds of him doing the, just yelling heavenly God again. And then we see them unloading. He tells the crew they did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> in English in and Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we got Heather Graham, and she goes for the full court press here. Yeah, she does. I mean, because, she, this isn't the first guy she's done that with this in this movie so far. No. So she started with the actor, and then she went as far as he could take her. And then moved on right. to the writer, went as far as he could take her. And now she's set her sights on the director. The director, yep. Yeah, slash kind of producer. <laughs> So she's like, I want to talk to you about these things tonight. And she does the, let's say, the feminine wild thing of, I'm going to lean right up against you while I'm talking to you. Right. Well, he said, okay, we can talk about it. And she leans right up and was like, tonight. Yeah. (laughs) And he does the, oh, like, I am getting those signals. Yes, I understand completely. (laughs) He's really good, too. Like, he really, you you can see it in his face when she gets all close that he, he knows what she's talking about and he's going for it. Yeah, he is he is all about it, which is it's Heather Graham. Everyone's all about it. So <laughs> true. I don't know if you know or not. How old do you think Steve Martin and Heather Graham were at this time? I do not know. Steve Martin could be anywhere from thirty five <laughs> to sixty at this point. <laughs> well, I'm gonna need a guess. You can't just give me a thirty year age range. <laughs> uh forty two. You are not correct at all. Yeah. I don't even I can't even think what year this he was. Is. I, again, this is about because I'm not exactly sure when this was filmed compared to released. But, but we'll it's go with 99, the release right? Yeah. He was okay. 54. Oh, wow. Wow, so he's really old Mike now. Not really old, but he's older. <laughs> Whoa, I don't want to offend anybody, but he's uh, he's a lot older than I thought he was right now. <laughs> yeah, he's 77 right now, 78 somewhere in there. Wow. All right, he's so let's give the Heather, let's it's the Heather Graham guess now. Uh, 34. She is 29. Oh, my God. You just guessed That's a woman's difference. age over by five years. You are yeah, I'm in dirt trouble. bag. I hope I never see her. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, though, because Please. if you see her now, she looks basically exactly the same as she does here. Yeah, well, so does Steve Martin. They I know. It's like they now. both what got dipped in amber or something and just stayed this age. <laughs> You know what? So is Eddie Murphy's. Maybe it's this movie that did it to them. Jamie Kennedy. I wonder if he looks the same. I was going to say, what's Jamie Kennedy look like these days? <laughs> I saw him in Scream. He looked the same, but I don't know how much. For, I don't know if that was before or after this. Scream was like the same year as this. 
Was it really? My daughter's yeah. re-watching the Scream movies. I just seen it the other day, and, and Jamie Kennedy's in that first one. So, I mean, I guess it's possible that, like, the sequel, maybe he was, like, a little older, but... Yeah. All right, so they have a 25-year age gap. How do you feel about that, Chris? 25-year age gap? That good? Eh. You know, you got to back it up. Like, like if, if he's... If he thinks about it and he says, okay, well, when I was 35, you were 10. Now it gets No, weird. no, no. You can never do that. That's, <laughs> yeah, you you always say that. that it's dumb every time you say it. You can you never think about it. No, because at some point it will never make sense. Even if you have a 10-year age gap, which is nothing. True. True. And you're yeah. like, you're 50 and she's 40. You're like, but when I was 20, you were 10. Yeah, it's disgusting because if you did it then, it would be a crime. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they are probably <laughs> old enough where I – not that it doesn't matter, matter but – it matters less. If she was 22, right. you have no life like experience hit, at that point. I feel like when you hit 30, you're the same age as somebody that's like 60 at that point. You know, it's like um, it's all the same yeah, at that point. The only thing you don't have is like you have different touchstones in life. Right. Of like you might be like, oh my God, I, you know, you're watching a, a, thing, a documentary about Waco or something. And you're just like, oh right. my God, I remember this when I was a kid. And the person's like, I wasn't born until like 10 years after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird though. I got a bunch of nephews that are only like between ten and twelve years younger than me, and as they gotten older, I think we're all the same age now. <laughs> yeah, at some point you forget. It's it's like working yeah. with people for years and years. You forget that like some people were hired fifteen years after that. Right, right. And you're just like, oh, you remember that guy Bill that used to work here? And they're like, no, no. Like, I get that, that now. Guy retired with some of the guys before I ever got here. You're like what? Yeah, what? yeah. That's uh, I think the guy's name was Bill too that they always talk about. You remember Bill? And I'm like, no. I seen him walk in here one time. That was yeah, it. one time, twenty five years ago. Like I don't remember. <laughs> All right, so I will bring up something. I'm trying to remember which person was talking about it. So basically, Heather Graham. It seems like her goal is to sleep her way to the top. Um, oh, definitely. I, it's been mentioned before, and I'll mention it again. It's rumored slash semi confirmed that he based this on Anne Hesh. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So um, apparently, uh. he had some sort of run in with her at some point. <laughs> Really? Like, I didn't know that. Whatever. You use the skill set God gave you. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. a, he's a sleazebag creative guy, and that's what he's using to get to the top. Um, I remember a comedian talking about it. I'm not going to remember who it was now, but they were talking about sleeping with people to try to get jobs, whatever. And they basically said, be careful sleeping with producers. They were like, because anybody can get a job as a producer. Like, you don't know what that means. He's like, you could be a writer on a show for five years and they'll bump you to producer. And you're still a writer, but you're now a producer so they can pay you more. Wow. They're like, so before you sleep with somebody, make sure they actually have some power. They may not have any more power than anybody else to get you a job. Right. Right. Yeah. He's just a regular guy yeah. that got produ- you know, oh. producer credit. If the person is the showrunner, like they're the producer. Like they run the show. Like on big shows, sometimes you'll hear who they are. Like, oh, so-and-so is the showrunner. Oh, yeah. They might have the power to move you around. But if you're one of four supervising producers who don't do anything or you're like an executive producer who is just part of it because it's like your company is running it. Like you're the parent company. And you're like, I've never even set foot on that show. I don't know who the hell any (laughs) of those people are. Yeah. Yeah, they put put producer credits in for people who are just, you know, kind of related to the show, right? Yeah, it could be anything to be a producer. Right. Like, a lot of times, actors will be the producers because they're like, hey, I'm a big enough name to be a producer. Or you'll see that with shows that have been on the air for a long time. All of a sudden, actors' names from the show will start appearing in the producer in the producer thing. Oh, you know who it was? It was Drew Carey. That's where I heard it from. 
Because he was oh. talking about that. How he was on the Drew Carey show in a couple years, and he became the producer. And he's like, he's talking. It was like an audiobook or something. He's like, hey, they're like, hey, Drew, how do you um, both write and produce? And be able to, you know, learn all your lines and do all this stuff. How are you in the writer's room all day? And he's like, obviously, I'm not. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> right. He's, he's like, being a producer is just, you know, it gives you an extra thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I go to the writer's room when I can and, you know, drop in my two cents. He's like, but you can't be everywhere. Right. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. So, but I mean, on a job like this, I mean, you probably are pretty good going straight to Bowfinger. Because he is like... Well. He's the only one. He is basically running the whole show. He is director <laughs> slash producer of this deal. Yeah. I mean, when you're running a a nothing operation, he is the top guy. Right. And he's a big enough sleazeball that he's he's the perfect guy to go to if you're going to sleep your way to the top, too. It's, it's not just her sleeping to the top that really makes it great for me. It's just that she has, like, no compunction about it all. And she goes into it further, further in the movie. Like, she doesn't care. Like, she's not even that, like, oh, she's just an evil whatever. No, she's like, just, no, this is just a thing I'm doing. It's like going yeah, it to get coffee seem for too, me. Right. Like, she it just walks over, like, at all. She's not too, I mean, she's mean into the fact that she just, like, kind of just ghosts the people when she's done with them. But, <laughs> right, she just walks away. <laughs> um, which later on you'll find out she doesn't quite do that to Steve Martin. They have a slightly different interaction, which is even funnier, but. <laughs> but, oh, no, she's just like, oh, no, this is the next thing I need to do, which is. Like up against how you're showing her in her first scene where she shows up, which it's the most stereotypical. Like, oh my goodness, I'm in Hollywood. Where yeah. do I go to become a star? <laughs> like she's so naive, and we yeah, and, and now we she's just like, all right, I gotta I gotta sleep with this old man now. To, uh... <laughs> and yeah, she goes completely goes to the other guy. She um doesn't even mention that she's like not going with them anymore they just see her with someone else yeah when we've seen her she's already ghosted the actor he got ghosted yeah. earlier um she was with the writer we haven't seen it yet but i assume he's gonna fall to the same fate yeah but you know that's what happens you can get away with that stuff when you're heather graham yeah see i like her character in this movie it's funny oh yeah i mean it's i mean there's rigid arch archetype uh, archetypes one of my five years old archetypes <laughs> <laughs> i don't do words good <laughs> but it's obvious he's pulled this from actual he took like the most stereotypical like new girl in town sleep her way to the top he makes that a character yeah. Yeah. the 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 Jamie Kennedy of the the guy that can get you anything who has access to everything that guy <laughs> the sleaziest most low down producer you know the guy who wants to be a writer and somehow gets his thing produced yeah like I don't know exactly where just hiring a crew off the street fits in but like <laughs> So the last thing we get at the very end is we see his setup for dinner. We yeah, got um, his, we got his a candle. Or a house. Yeah, it's his place. It's like his little rancher. Yeah, he's got a, a bottle of wine. It's already breathing, and he's got a second bottle. Um, he's got like one, not even a wine glass, just some sort of glass. <laughs> like that you would. I don't even know what you put in that. Like maybe some brandy or something. And then he's uh, just got like a looks, regular kit. Then yeah. he's got like just a regular kitchen glass that you would use to put iced tea in. <laughs> <laughs> the other one looks like it could be like a Sunday glass or something too. I'm not even sure. Yeah, uh, there's a, a thing of like peanuts out on the thing. Looks like he attempted to fold his napkins a little bit, but his his kitchen chairs are like my kitchen chairs from 1975. Yes, absolutely. They I, they look like very familiar to be honest with you. Yeah, like the old ones you had. Every house had these chairs 
in between, like from like 1975 to 1985. Yeah. And you knew the level of poor slash cheap you were, or your parents were maybe, depending on how long those stayed in your house. Yeah. If you well, were rolling into the 90s sometime. with them, you were like, please, for the love of God, get rid of these. <laughs> Um, I wish I could find it. I have pictures of it somewhere. We have pictures of the – I used to have – I mean just saying this is old enough. In my kitchen, we had wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we did too. We had wallpaper in my kitchen. Oh, but that's not the kicker. The kicker is the wallpaper said kitchen all over it. Oh, The word nice. kitchen just written again and again and again and again. I like it. I like that. Then you know where you're at at all times. You never have yeah. to worry about it. Just in oh, case you ever wander drunkenly into that room, you're like, oh, this must be the kitchen. <laughs> You should do that in every room. Living room. Dining room. <laughs> yeah. Hallway. <laughs> the billiard room. The ballroom. <laughs> Bedroom. <laughs> the conservatory. You got a conservatory? <laughs> Don't worry about what I got. <laughs> and the very last thing we see is uh, Steve Martin picking something up, but then we'll have to look at that on. What is that? He's Thursday? getting it out from under know. the bed, right? Isn't it like yeah. a fold-down bed that he's pulling out of? Yeah. yeah I think he's got a Murphy bed. Yeah, it does look like a Murphy bed. All right. Well, I would give you a top ten list, but we already did one this week, and I yeah. can't give you too many top ten lists. It'll just kill you. Plus, we might need we might need that for Thursday or Friday. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the real question: Is there anybody in this production who's above board? Meaning? Who's not like? I mean, Bowfinger is he's up to sleazy stuff. Okay. You got um, Daisy. Who was also up to sleazy stuff? Right. Um, Jamie Kennedy, as par- far as the actual production, is okay, but he's stealing stuff every night for yeah. them to use. Yeah, we find that out later. He's he's stealing everything. So, so that brings us down to the writer and the crew. I would say they're the least culpable. I don't think the crew even knew what they were going in for. Like I think yeah, he I, just picked at them this up point, like the, the crew may not know that they're essentially stealing this stuff every day to use. Right. And maybe the writer doesn't even know either because he's hiding most of this from them. The only person who's totally in on the gig is Jamie Kennedy. Right. He's the only one that knows so he, that this is this is BS from the beginning, that all of this is – that he has no money. ball by association then. Oh, really. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like knowing that your your friend is cheating on his wife and just not – and not only turning a blind eye but being like an active participant in it. Right, right. Being Helping like, oh, yes, he's over at my house stuff. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he can't talk to you right now. <laughs> He's very busy. Yes, he's he's out back shot putting. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then Daisy, who's at this point not in on the overall plan of what's you know what the big lie is. No, she got her own plan. She's got she's got her own scams going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a scam within a scam within a scam. Also, in the background, I I would feel like bad pointing this out. I mean, you obviously can see it says Bowfinger International Pictures when they pull up. Uh, way in the background, because they can't go a minute without advertising. I see a big sign for Budweiser, the King of Beers. <laughs> really? I don't even see it. It's up What's on top that? of the, the very last. And it's so far back, there's no way that you can read it, but I can 100% no, I tell it. that that's a Budweiser sign. Yeah, I see it. It's a Budweiser sign. Budweiser, the beer you drink when, I don't know why. You just <laughs> <laughs> When you live in Philadelphia, and that's what everybody drank there when I was a kid. That Budweiser was Miller Lite were the only beers that I ever saw when I was a kid. Uh, you know what? I I was just about to to like lay into you a little bit, but like I do remember quite a lot of Budweiser. 
Yep, Budweiser, Miller Lite. I had people that would show up to parties with their own case of Budweiser, and if they didn't finish it, they would take it back with them and go home. I bet in that kitchen with the kitchen wallpaper, there was quite a bit of Budweiser drank. Yeah, I bet you there was. Um, it started to fit. Like, by the time I was into my my drinking years, Budweiser had long gone away. That was now your parents' beer. Right. And right. I was before things got hipstery, so it was basically like whatever you could get. It starts out, it depends, oh, on, it depends on how broke you were. If you were right, you when you first start broke, drinking, that's all you get. You take oh, yeah, what you can get. You're point. completely broke. You go in there, and it's just like, okay, what is the cheapest thing you have? Right, right. And back then, it might have been, so it might be a Schlitz, <laughs> might be a, yeah, yeah, might be a Coors Light. It's possible that was usually pretty cheap. Bush, a lot of Bush, Bush, Bush yeah, beer, uh, yep. Old Mud. You might get in there with Old uh, Mud. <laughs> um, if you were, if you had a little more money, a slightly more discerning person, you might go Yangling. That get was a rolling like, rock. Get a nice yeah, rolling rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, or uh, Heineken. That's like you're really yeah. fancy. Heineken got real big at one time, though. They were like a um, like a good beer. Everybody thought, even though I always thought it tasted like it was already skunk beer. But <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, Heineken maybe it it always had that taste of like yeah, like you were drinking pre skunked. And walked away for an hour and came back and tried to drink it. Like it was right, that's what Heineken always – yeah, it always reminded me of that. Like it was pre-skunked. Like they had let it sit out too long. <laughs> Who left this beer out before I drank it? <laughs> How about just being alcoholic with this beer? Yeah, I, I can't even stand the taste of it. No, it wasn't terrible, but it was weird. It had a different flavor. Well, that's why you drank like three or four of them. That, that's not some problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's anything. You drink three or four of them, and everything tastes the same after that. I don't even yeah, we, taste this liquor in this drink that anymore. We have. <laughs> I know that we used to say that about if we were at somebody's house and there was like mixed groups of drinks. You know, especially like parties when you're younger, when people show up. This guy brings a six pack. Guy brings a twelve pack. Guy brings like a full, you know, like a thirty pack. So you just have random mixed beers there. Like you don't have yeah. more than like a handful of anything, and you'd be like, "All right, we'll start drinking the good stuff first. Like the stuff you, like you start at, you know, your yinglings and your rolling rocks, and you're a little bit at the time there was no, you know, microbrewed nonsense. It was all name brand. So by right. the time you get down to the Mickey's, you don't care <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, nobody gives a crap at that point. Or when you're drinking, you know, straight out of the bottle of, of vodka, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like at that point, what does it matter? <laughs> at that point, time Nadia. is a flat circle. Life doesn't matter anymore. True, true. Until you start puking, then you start begging for your life. <laughs> I promise I'll never do this again. <laughs> yeah. I swear, if you let me stop throwing up, I won't yeah. ever do it again. That was a comedian, Larry Miller, used to do a whole bit. And the way the bit ends is with saying that, of just saying, getting up and saying, I'll never do this again. And he's like, for some <laughs> of us, you add that little addendum to the end. And this time, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that one too. <laughs> I may have said it. It's the uh, you, you want to seek it out. It's the five levels of drinking. Yeah, I think it's I like did a little. It's like a six seven minute thing he does, and he goes through basically progressing through how getting drunker and drunker over the course of a night. Like right. how you convince yourself of like, well, if I just get five hours of sleep, I definitely I'm cool. did see that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it keeps going. I'm cool, and it gets yeah. and it gets worse and worse over the night. Of like, if I just get three hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I just stop home and take a five-minute nap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, now that we've talked about our uh, major drinking problem, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find us? <laughs> we're the we're, we're the dueling genre. We're the what? Jay and Silent Bob Minute. What? I wasn't even drinking. <laughs> we're the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We're on dueling We do the Kevin Smith uh, 
Jay and Silent Bob movies, one minute at a time, just like this. We started our clerks. We're working our way through. We're finishing up Dogma. Um, that's it. You got anything else, Chef? No. Make sure you check out the Bowfinger Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere else you might find it. Or hit the main site, bowfingerminute.com. Uh, go review it on whatever you listen to it on, Apple Podcasts or whatever. I know everybody uses their own little thing. Uh, check out everything at Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center. Go in there and, you know, trash us. We love it. Or you can check <laughs> us out on Twitter, Bowfinger Minute. And remember, I don't Chris, know if we love we'll it before we use Thursday. To it. But until oh. then, keep it together. Keep it keep together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we'll see you again. Cause there's always one more Sure.